0: I'm not much of a fence-sitter. Be careful how you say that fast. But I'm telling you, I've been jockeying around tomorrow night's plans between working, going to the Rays-Red Sox game, Zach Brown Band concert, sending Austin and Casey uh, edible arrangements. There's a lot going on in my mind right now. uh, With everything else going on this week, and so it's cluttered, I've almost come to a decision. But, Casey, let me ask you this first. Should, if I give you this question, okay, tomorrow night game two ALDS Red Sox Rays, and you're a Rays fan, or hold out for a game two Saturday of the ALCS? Ooh. What are you taking?
1: Um, Not this Saturday. No, no, no. Saturday. I know. Um, I, I, I would. Oh, that's tough. I'd hold out. Because I think they beat the Red Sox, so I don't think that's a concern. And I think that will be a more competitive situation. So, yes, I would hold out unless you – I know you said you don't really care unless you want to go brood on against your son, which would be an interesting (laughs) concept, but I would hold out.
0: That's interesting you say that. Uh, Austin Lane? Well, show, I mean, baby, happy yeah, Thursday. Uh, Thursday. Um, believe me, we ain't talking anything like you were talking this morning on 95.1 WAPe. So, I mean, let's just set our Friday plans and not worry about whatever else you were talking about. Oh, it's uh, all good,
2: man. But we, uh, we always get pretty wild in that show.
0: The uh, so, what do you think? I know you're not a fan of either, but I mean, if, if, if this was the Brewers, you
2: know? Yeah, well, yeah. If it was the Brewers, then I would wait. I would hope that they're gonna win, and then I would wait. But like Casey was saying, if you want to mix the Red Sox with the Rays for a little bit of a father-son, you know, back and forth, then obviously that's the only play to make. Yeah. If, you, if you truly don't care about the Red Sox, which I, I think, you know, they probably will lose the series, then I would probably hold off and wait uh, until a more competitive series as well.
0: Yeah, listen, I mean, the thing about it with, like, Ty, Ty's done... Uh, listen, I took him to the All-Star game in Cincinnati. I mean, he's he's... Games. We we saw LeBron down in Orlando. I'm not like feeling bad, dad, about not like taking him to a race game. I, I understand. There's a, when I put it out there, a lot of people and, and I get it. Like it's really cool, I, and I enjoy that part of it too. Taking him. And, and by the way, Kaylee jumped in yesterday. And she's like, "What about me? I want to mm. go." And so now I'm sorry like, the, "Okay." Sorry, well.
2: the Cubs are trash. <laughs> you know,
0: very good. Sorry, I'm not good. Kaylee honestly I think Kaylee was more offended that I didn't put her in the uh, poll question. Okay, I got you. <laughs> Twitter. So, I don't know, but I, I think. Uh, by the way, the Rays are plus 500 to win the World Series. behind the Dodgers and Astros. I just see this right now. What Redsons a world. Plus 1, what a world. Um, and uh, so, you, you know, it's funny you guys say that. That's interesting. And I asked Ty. I said, all right, Ty, you want to hold out or do you want to go tomorrow? And he said hold out as well, yeah. which brings me to two things. One. See, Ty, and I don't know if you guys will like this, but Ty's a big um, – he likes the atmosphere. Like, he lo- like he watched college football or in college basketball, and he, the, one of the reasons he gets kind of um, drawn in is the crowd. Like, just – it's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. He really does like that. I think that's why he likes going go to the Chats games. When things do go well, uh, just the, the celebration part, the, the stadium coming to life, like, I think he likes that. And so – I did tell him this I said, hey, there's there's a decent chance there's more Red Sox fans there (laughs) tomorrow night in Tampa than Rays. And I'm not trying to be – it's not really a bash on your Rays, Casey, but, I mean, that could be reality. Uh, There are a lot of Red Sox fans in in Florida, and usually when those two meet, there's a good amount of Red Sox fans that show up. So that could be a unique atmosphere, but it's not going to be like this – pro-Tampa-only atmosphere. You you know what I'm saying?
1: Absolutely. And you're you're right. I mean, now, I will say, give credit to the Rays. They, if you're unfamiliar, and I hate to say this out loud, but the upper deck has been rather closed for the Rays, and they have tarps on the seats in the upper deck. However, they have been removed. The stadium, they've added very affordable tickets, $30 in the upper deck. They may be sold out by now. I'm sure they are. I hope so. But now, granted, that will go both ways, but I think... It will be a interesting atmosphere, and if you've never been to a game in the playoffs for the Rays, even with the Red Sox, I was there um, in 13 maybe when Lobatone hit the walk-off. That was incredible in there. It gets loud in there when the fans are in there, so environment-wise, I think either game will be great, but there definitely will be a, a lot of Red Sox fans in there.
0: Yeah, I think there will. Um, and so the other part of this is, so Austin just said it, and more importantly, Casey, you said it and Ty said it, Hey, you guys got a lot of confidence you getting by the Red Sox. Listen, I think you're better. But, I mean, are you being a little bit too confident? It's a five-game series. That's a short series. Anything can happen.
1: Uh, I mean, it is. It, it's definitely concerning. Not concerning, but if you look at the pitching matchup, so you have McClanahan going today, rookie. You have Shane Boz going tomorrow. He's pitched twice in the majors. Mm. Wow. And so, I mean, yeah, there is some question here. Uh I, I still think they're good enough to get by, even if their starting pitching is questionable. But if if the Red Sox somehow pull out the game tonight, maybe you you tell Ty, hey, there might not be a next. We should probably just make sure. Because <laughs> yeah. you lose game one, I don't love it with
0: Sale waiting. Yeah, that's true. I uh, I do. Uh, right now, the that's, that's the other thing. Could see Sale tomorrow night, which that's pretty good. And you said Boz going tomorrow.
1: Boz is going tomorrow. So yes, yeah, That's, a, that's a nice sale.
0: matchup. Yeah, that's a nice matchup because that kid's supposed to be real deal. Um, now, for, if you go like, on
1: Saturday, you could potentially bring – next Saturday, you could potentially bring inflatable trash cans and have a good time that way. Oh,
0: and I, like I actually that. think th- those could – like, Houston – Houston Rays would be a good – series. like, that would be a good game to go to. Like, I think that would be a really good game. I think both teams are pretty darn good. Um, the White Sox, I just don't know if they come with the Venom – or, like, the fanfare <laughs> to create an atmosphere that might create, like, with the Red Sox there or Houston there or somebody else. So, anyway, that's a lot of time on my plans tomorrow night. But th- you're helping me out, guys, because I think I'm leaning toward I'll be here for the show tomorrow. Right. I'll probably go to the concert with the wife. Uh, because then all of a sudden, this is where Steph, Steph really muddies the water, right? She's like, I don't care. It's fine. But once Kaylee ash, she's like, well, maybe I'll just sell the Zach Brown tickets and we'll go all as a family to the game. Yeah. Like, all right, so now she I think I feel like she's just obliging just to she does not want to go to the game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. I now, mean that's a big baseball fan, a sports fan, but I don't know if she really wants to drive three and a half hours to go see Tampa and the Red Sox play.
2: Sure, sure. Um to to me I mean no matter what you do, uh I'm all good with. I mean, I would probably consider, you know, your, your fellow colleagues at Action Sports, Jackson, Casey here, who's running the board in terms of what you do. So I'd, I'd probably try to give a, at least a little heads up of what your plan is going to be just so they're not kind of left wondering, what, what are we doing?
0: Well, here's what I've done. I've already basically said, regardless, tomorrow night I'm not doing the Friday night Blitz. Okay. So I gave Stuart a heads up. Okay. And it looks like uh, Stuart will do the Blitz scoreboard show, which is cool. Uh, he can do it. Uh, that's fine. And so we got a little bit, I haven't given Casey the complete heads up, but that's kind of where we're trending. And then all I have to do is decide whether I'm skipping out on the show tomorrow. So I'll give you a heads up by like 255. All
1: right, cool. Sounds hey, good, man. I texted you what my thoughts were. I think I think you should go to either or. I used some questionable words in our text that I can't <laughs> say on the air. But I, I think you should do either or. Spend the time with the family. Stuart Weber more than capable. We can hold it down.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it is true. It is it is something uh, on a Friday night of well, there's two days you don't want to really, like, leave everybody hanging in our world, like in the fall. And that's Sunday, of course, which I wouldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> uh, and and uh, Fridays. Now, Friday nights on occasion because of whether it's a London game or something comes up, I've missed some Fridays in the past, like maybe one a year. And so um, this would be the only one. But this scoreboard show that we started on Fridays, which is a very cool show, really enjoy doing it, but it does kind of make things a little more challenging in the evening if you take somebody um, out of the fold. All right, so those are our plans, folks. Brett Martino here at String Sports Brewery. Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz uh, back in the action, Sports Jack Studios. Uh, the, uh, since we're on baseball for a moment, we're going to obviously talk more about the Jags. Uh, good game last night, fellas. Yeah, I'll be honest. I fell
2: asleep in like the sixth inning, I think it was. That yeah, was a long game. What, a, what a pleasant surprise to wake up to the Cardinals being out of it. Nothing, <laughs> well, I mean, almost as good as the Cubs being out of it or the Reds being out of it. But I always enjoy the St. Louis Cardinals getting bounced out. So it was a, it was a pleasant morning. Made my uh, drive to work that much easier.
0: You know what's wild, guys? To me, I, I thought about this, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong. But, like, the Cardinals and the Cubs, and I, obviously for Brewers, I don't think people hate the Brewers, but I know Brewers fans don't like the others in the Central. Mm-hmm. There's the Red Sox, there's the Yankees, but there's this overwhelming, like, a lot of people don't like the Red Sox anyway, and a, really a lot of people either love the Yankees or hate the Yankees. Uh, I don't get that sense with the Dodgers, and why don't we? Like, do people hate the Dodgers outside of San Francisco? Like, on, like the Dodgers still feel like that's the cool hat to wear, like <laughs> you're a front runner if you're, like, a Dodgers fan, but I don't feel like there's this built-up, man, I hope the Dodgers don't, I hope they slay Goliath, you know, um, and, and beat the Dodgers. Like, there's always that feeling with the Yankees. And I think the Red Sox and Cubs and, and teams like that have earned that because of how much they spend. Well, the Dodgers spend more than anybody else probably, and they don't feel that to me. Like, I don't feel like there's a, there's a lot of, hey, I'm glad that, or I'm bummed that the Dodgers are still alive, um, or am I misreading that?
2: I mean, from the the cash standpoint of how much money they spend, I mean, I think you're, you're accurate. That's not a big deal. But, like, in terms of rivalries, like, I mean, one of my best friends is a Dodgers fan, and, like, I know on good authority that Giants fans and Dodgers fans, like, they go at it. Like, that series coming oh, yeah, up. Oh, yeah, that's big time. I mean, it's – it's it, and, you know, it might be a little bit of a West Coast bias where we don't feel it here on the East Coast. But in terms of, like, rivalry and, like, smack talking like and fighting – that's a big deal there uh, on the West Coast between the Dodgers and the Giants.
0: It's it's actually like to be honest with you, it's one of the most underrated. If you there's an East Coast bias, there's certainly a bias for me. I mean, Yankees, Red Sox to me takes the cake. I mean, I've been to it. I haven't been to San Francisco and the Dodgers. And really, all you have to do is look at that stat that I tweeted out last night, which was amazing to me. But if you if you think about it, it makes some sense. The Dodgers and Giants have never even met in the postseason.
2: Yeah, that's wild. They
0: never met in the postseason. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll give you t- 1978, I'll give you 2003, I'll give you 2004, I'll give you just the other night for the Yankees' Red Sox, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, so at least there's that. They haven't elevated that to a whole new level, but now it does. I mean, this is unbelievable. It's the first time they've met, and to have two teams that could face it off in the divisional series. But it just, I don't know, Casey, you gotta, you, you're got you a baseball guy. I mean, do you hate the Dodgers?
1: I don't, and it's interesting you bring that up because I think at least when I was growing up, the Dodgers weren't good. Like the biggest thing I remember the Dod. Now, granted, West Coast, you're making a point here, and I was a kid, so I was in bed when the Dodger games were on. But what I remember from the Dodgers is like Manny Wood when they traded for Manny back in the day, Manny Ramirez. And I just don't, I don't hate them, even though the Rays lost them in the World Series. It's just I think for me personally, they have a lot of. A collection of guys that you don't really hate. Dave Roberts somehow is a likable guy, yeah, maybe right. because of what happened with the Astros and all that, but like a guy like Chris Taylor who hit the walk off last night, like I can't do anything but be happy for him because he's been around, he plays literally every position on the field, and they did, Justin Turner's another guy that was on the Mets and didn't really get the respect, goes to the Dodgers and is good, so I, they just don't have a lot of hateable target on your back guys, I don't think, except Trevor Bauer now.
0: Yeah, uh, I, yeah. it's just an interesting thing. We should get really good stuff, though, with this Dodgers and Giants now um, coming up. All right, one last thing, since we're stuck on baseball, even though some folks are saying, why aren't you talking about Urban? And we'll get to Urban, okay? I've talked about Urban, like, every day. Uh, is there anything new on Urban? Somebody just said, clearly you don't cover all the breaking news, like Urban's recent response. <laughs> I don't know what this is all about. Like, is this a joke? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, oh, uh, no, no, was, that was to a tweet I had earlier, my bad. Uh, that was to a tweet when I said my buddies keep telling me that urban. <laughs> have you seen all this urban stuff? Like, I keep getting calls from around, like, the country with some of my buddies. Have you seen this urban stuff? Like, no, no, we haven't. We haven't seen it. We'll live here. We cover it. It's only our like, job, yeah. It's only our job. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, there's no, nothing new on urban other than Shelly uh, Meyer did say something on, on Twitter, which we'll, we can talk about in a minute. But uh, do you like the one-game playoff? Or do you think they should go to a best of three for this round? And this year brings it to light maybe more than any other. Red Sox Yankees, we'd love to see a couple more games, right? As a as a fan, and that Cardinals Giants game was so good, and you could they're two of the hottest teams in in the league coming down the stretch. Should they expand that to a best of three, guys?
2: Go ahead, Casey.
1: I. I like the idea of it because I think this would be a bigger conversation if the Dodgers lose last night because you win 106 games and lose, or, yeah, you lose to a team that did not win 100 games. But I think if you make it to three games, you have to adjust your roster differently. For example, with Garrett Cole, you're paying him $300 million, and if you need one game, it didn't work out, obviously. But if you need one game, you have the big game pitcher, and you only need one. On the flip side, if it's three games, you have to at least maybe spend your money differently and have more than one pitcher you can absolutely count on, like the Dodgers with Kershaw and Max Scherzer and Julio Urias and those guys. So I like the idea of three, but it's going to kill, absolutely kill the drama factor of the one game. Yeah, and
2: that's kind of where I was going to get at. I mean, it is the wild card game. Like, you you got by the skin of your teeth to get there. So I feel like one game kind of, like encapsulates of of what it's all about you know it's it's win or go home it's do or die so i'm all for just the one game
0: well here's the thing guys this is what i would say to that you play this is the longest season in professional sports right it's 162 games i I don't really think you can complain about a format when it took you 162 games to get here now could there be a little complaining by the dodgers and even the cardinals but especially the dodgers like if they lost they were the second best team in all of baseball and they're ousted, if they had lost that game, because of the format. Like, they earned their way into a playoff series based on how they played for 162. But in general, you have 162 games to position yourself so you're not stuck in that kind of game. And so I think because it's such an elongated season, I think it's a little bit on deaf ears uh, to say that. Now, there's a couple of logistical problems, too. The calendar. We already go into, like, November for the World Series. They got I mean you'd like to shorten that you don't even want to go to November with the weather up north and some of the places, so I would say this: if they someday decide to shrink the season down, play more double headers the, the on a calendar level, like whether it's back to one fifty four or even one forty four or they play double headers, so now you're getting done with the season like a week earlier, well then I think I'd be okay uh with going to a best of three. I wouldn't mind it, it's more baseball that's cool uh so uh, I'm fine with the way it's at right now, but if there is a change to the calendar as we know it or the or the number of games, I think bringing that best of three play then makes some sense to me. Does that make some sense to you?
1: Have to shorten the season. I think you have yeah. to shorten it even if you keep the one game. I mean, 150, 162 is such an odd number. Make it 150. Make it an even number. Do something. Even 145. Um, makes sense. I think it, you're, I don't know. I love the one game, but you've got to at least consider the three.
0: But, you know, this, uh, the reason they don't do that, and we know this, and then we'll put a bow on this here, uh, didn't think I'd go baseball to start, but, heck, have we talked about Urban Meyer enough this week? Uh, the, I, I think the reason, Casey, it's so 154 and 162 have been kind of the thing, and the record books are so important to baseball. And so uh, to get to another level of games, adjust that, puts asterisks in all this stuff, and I think that's the hesitation. But I would welcome – listen, doubleheaders are not welcome because you lose the gate if you're an owner. You know, it's harder to, to get uh, as many people there and make as much money. I kind of like the seven-inning doubleheaders. That's going away. Um, but, uh, but either way, uh, we'll see what they do with baseball. I think, I think it's here to stay for now, uh, the one-game playoff. We should have some phenomenal baseball, though, coming up over the uh, next couple weeks. Brent Martino here at String Sports Brewery. Austin Lane uh, back in the studios along with Casey Kurtz. All right, let's get to a little football. Uh, Austin, we're here on Thursday, man. Is this team going to be ready to play or do you still have your doubts?
2: I mean, you still have to have your doubts, obviously, uh, of everything that's transpired. Um, Sometimes teams can come out flat regardless. And now we're talking about a team that has, you know, just had to answer questions and has had to go through distractions and even to the point of, you know, in some sort of preparation as well. So, I mean, I I, I have no idea. This, you know, to me, this could be an example as well where this team comes out and they win in spite of everything going on. Sometimes teams rally behind that. It's like no one believes in us. Uh, we're, we're going through it right now as an organization. There's distraction in the locker room. Like, let's just band together and let's play football. You know, and you get, you get that sense of Trevor Lawrence when he had that picture on Instagram where he said, I think it was, all, we're all we got. And it was just a, a picture of him and the offensive lineman in, in the huddle. So, like, to me, that, that's, that's telling a little bit where do they just come out and win in spite of everything? So, I mean, if you're asking me straight up, what do I think? I think that this team is going to be distracted. I think that it, this could be an issue. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if they come out. It's the best performance we've seen because now they're just extra ticked off and extra motivated to prove people wrong.
0: Doesn't it feel a little bit all or nothing in that sense?
2: I think it's all or nothing for a lot of things. I think it's all or nothing for Urban Meyer. I think it's all or nothing for the this team. Um, I think it's all nothing for the result of this organization of what the optics are going to look like. There's like, there's a lot at stake, and it's crazy because it seems like every single week I sit here and say, well, this is the most important game of the season, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I said that about Thursday night because it was your opportunity to showcase who you guys are to um, you know a national audience, the only game that you get this year. Uh, I said, you know, the first game of the season against Houston where it's really your opportunity to win and get off to a good foot. That was the most important game of the season. So I keep bringing up this narrative, it's the most important game, it's the most important game. Forget what I said the first four weeks. This is by far the most important game. And I don't think there will be an as important game throughout the rest of the season. Like, yeah, New York could be a great storyline with Zach Wilson and the new coaching and all that stuff. But this feels like it's either you win or we don't know what's going to happen. So this is the most important game of the season as far as I'm concerned.
0: I think, so. I think you're exactly right. Hey, let's take a break here on the show. We come back. i got a couple of topics. Uh, one about Urban Meyer. Uh, what are your thoughts from a firing, resigning situation that continues to be a little bit of a an underbelly here? Do you, re- do you think he makes it through the year in one way, shape, or form? I mean, speaking of gut feelings, where is your gut on that? Of course, we don't know. But now that we are on to Thursday, past all this other stuff, we've heard everybody talk about it kind of what are the feelings of Urban getting through this year. Let's not even go beyond that. Forget about the contract. How about through this year? Uh, Where do you go there? And then I just talked to the uh, St. Johns County Sports Club down there in St. Augustine and Uh, I brought up something with them about urban and quarterbacks that I haven't really shared here, but I think it's worth a mention Um, and something that actually could save the Jacksonville Jaguars and, quite frankly, save Urban Meyer. uh, We'll be back live at Spring Sports Brewery. Jaguars all-access tonight, 7 o'clock on Fox 30. We'll be here until 6 o'clock as well. And uh, the show rolls on on ESPN 690 right after this.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, that's a big deal, and it, it was a huge deal for you know, for him, um, for us as an offense, and, y- I mean, you see how the, the game's different when you don't turn it over. And you're, you're in the game, you can, you know, it, it helps you do different things, right, offensively. So, great job by him protecting it, but protecting the ball is, is a job of all of us, right? I mean, it starts from the center, quarterback exchange. you can't take that for granted, and then every guy that's entrusted with the ball, they got to do a great job of securing it, um, but it was a big deal, big deal.
0: That is Daryl Bevel, offensive coordinator of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brent Martineau here at String Sports Brewery. Jaguars All Access coming up 7 o'clock on Fox 30, but come on out. We'll be here until 6, and then, of course, the show live at 7 uh, right here at String's each and every Thursday. Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz back in the Action Sports Shack Studios. Can't get away from the urban story here. That was Darryl Bevel talking about the offense, Trevor Lawrence, and, and we'll continue to talk about some of that, and I really want to spin it toward Trevor in a moment, but y- you can't get away from this. Uh, Again, I was just telling you, I was down at St. Johns County uh, Sports Club, great folks down there, and uh, annually go visit them, and that's all we talked about. Usually you touch on all these different topics, that's all everybody wanted to talk about, and uh, that's all everybody continues to talk about, and one of the things is, will Urban make it through the year? Uh, Will he be fired or resigned? I have this big thought, Austin, that I don't think Urban Meyer will be fired this year, and -hmm. the reason why I say that is, First of all, the owner has been extremely patient with a lot of people over the years. So he is one of the most patient owners in the league. That's been his trend. Uh, He also has invested so much. So unless there's a way to get out of the contract, which there might be, um, and, and do that, then I don't think he's going to make a move in terms of a firing. Now, that doesn't... There's, there. I could find scenarios that that happens, and maybe the next couple weeks, uh, as pro football talk kind of indicated, could tell the story. The Jags get in the next couple weeks. They're 0-6. It continues to be a mess inside the building. Then maybe they're just like, all right, we've got to get away from this thing. Possibility. I think there's more of a chance, if anything, that I would say it would be a resignation. And I, I really, uh, uh, if I'm being completely honest, I say keep an eye on Sunday night until Monday. And I'm. this is not starting a rumor of I've heard. That's not it. I'm just saying if he thinks he's lost the football team and they play awful on Sunday and they come out and lay an egg and get whacked by Tennessee, well, then I think there's a chance he looks at this thing as like, I can't rescue it. He's like, why am I doing this? I'm going to go repair my family stuff and, and get out of here. I, I just feel like i I've had that situation in my mind like could that happen now I think that would be a terrible move for Urban Meyer but I guess that's the only thing that I see happening potentially um, given all the circumstances that I just laid out I don't I feel like Urban Meyer is going to continue to be the head coach here in Jacksonville I think this week showed that on Wednesday especially Uh, but I would say if he doesn't make it it would be resignation over a firing Uh, but my money on the table says he will make it through this year at the very least
2: yeah, to me, the only way that Urban Meyer doesn't make it the entire season as, is if he gives um, Shad Khan no choice but to fire him. And I don't think we're to that point yet, and I don't think the record is even going to matter to that point. Like I think Urban Meyer would have to do something even worse than what, you know, what we saw in terms of distraction to garner him being fired. So essentially, Shad Khan left up you know, the, the future decisions up to Urban Meyer and Urban Meyer alone. I could foresee Urban Meyer stepping away early if it was a family issue, but we saw, you know, I think one of his daughters put out a video, um, talking about it. We've seen his wife, um, talk about it and, and everything. And once again, it's really none of our business. Um, we're not TMZ, but it seems like everything's good. So I'll, I'll take that as face value. Well, they're so, supporting him, right? Yeah, they're, they're supporting him. So in terms of, I got to step away because of my family, I have to rebuild that. Like I, I don't see that being a narrative just from what you know his family has said. Now, that could change, obviously, but I don't see that being an issue. Once again, I don't think wins and losses is going to be the deciding factor here either. So I think that Urban Meyer is going to stick it out through the, the entire season. And then what happens next year, um, that I could definitely see him walking away then. But I think he's going to ride this out. I really do because... I get the sense that if he doesn't ride out the entire season and nobody fires him and it's his choice either to to stay or leave, well, then the guys that he brought in, he's almost leaving them out to dry. Because while this roster and while this team isn't made up of all Urban Meyer guys, there are some friends here. There are some close connections here that he brought in um, personally. So if you walk away from it and say, well, it's too much, you leave those guys, your circle, out to dry. And I don't think Urban Meyer is that type of person. So I think he's going to stick it out through the entire season, come hell or high water.
0: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. And I, I know what you're saying there, too. I, I think here's the deal. Urban Meyer already had so many critics. We've, we said it. It feels like he always has his target on his back. And people want to see him fail. I believe that. I believe there are, there's a segment out there. Now, he might have created some of those circumstances. Um, and and I don't, I'm not taking, I'm not defending him on that front. We've talked about this, Austin, awesome, go all the way back to December, right, when, when the Jags were thinking of hiring. Uh, we know what existed before. What he did here is, in this last couple of days this last week, is those folks will never, he'll never win them over. He will never. If he had a clean slate here, won football games, none of this kind of stuff happened, uh, he, he wins big, he leaves it in a good place at the end of the day, some five, six, seven years down the road, whatever it might be, he had a chance to win even those people over and say, hey, maybe this was all medical stuff and blah, 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 blah all that. He, he has no way he's going to get those people. Those people are off the train. They were never on it and ain't coming on it. Uh, so what he, he really, from, again, I'm talking a little bit more legacy play, and I think this does matter to Irvin, by the way. I think this matters to people, whether they would admit it or not, but especially when you've won as much as he did in the college game. I mean, there are thoughts that he came back down here to repair his image just from people in Gainesville thought about. Him. And so now I, I believe he's aware of that. And he can't just go, as I said earlier this week, hightail tail it out of here. I think at least with the folks that will keep an open mind um, and look at his entire career at the end of the day, some 25 years down the road. If he is somehow able to pull this organization out to the positive side, even through this mud of the last week and of a 19-game losing streak and bring Trevor along and all this stuff, then he has a chance to be like, wow, this guy, hey, listen, you might not have liked him. You might not have respected some of the things he did. This guy could flat-out coach. He could coach, you know. And there are people like that, Austin, right? I mean, we, we view a player as a really good player but not a great whatever. Um, we don't love the guy, uh, but we admire the, the ability. And so I think Urban still has that on the table. And – um Uh, As I've said all this week, if, if Urban was right here at String Sports Brewery, I would say, listen, man it's up to you they entrusted you to pull this franchise out of the mud and flip it around they invested a lot i don't care what just happened in the last week that is on you to do like i would uh, i'm I'm assuming Sean am kind of said that to him in one way shape or form but that's what i would say i I just again i come back to a competitor if you're a competitor if you want to compete in life if you want to compete in sports you pick yourself up and bam you turn it around and And Urban, um, I think that's what he's tasked with now. I think that's what he's going to try to do, Austin. I don't know if it will work. I don't know. Okay, so let me ask you this. And you're Shad
2: Khan, and you obviously invested a lot of money in Urban Meyer. We don't know how much money you invested in Urban Meyer. And I think there was an overall consensus, at least in this city, that, all right, Shad Khan got this one right. And he even said that. We got it right this time. He
0: said
2: that, yeah. Yeah, but I I think a lot of people would agree with that. I mean, I think a lot of people were excited for Urban Meyer.
0: Yes. Am, am, am and mis- it right that? might be two different things. No, you're right. I mean, okay, listen, but, but I, I, I applauded the move as well, so yeah, I, I mean, can't be hypocritical.
2: I, I think there was a general excitement of, of Urban Meyer coming to Jacksonville. Yeah. So if you're Shad Khan, and keep in mind, you're a businessman first and you're a football person second. All right, so you invest your, your time, energy, and effort of getting Urban Meyer to town. It's not working out so far. He's supposed to bring you out of the mud. One could say, well, you're deeper than when you started. Okay pending that nothing happens off the field anymore and it goes based solely off of what we see on the field if you're Shad Khan and it's more of the same in terms of losing and maybe the product decreases the next couple of weeks do you let it ride the whole season or do you step in and say we aren't going in the direction that I envisioned us yes this is his first year but I see what's all transpired I have to step in here and say this maybe isn't the right direction, maybe I did make a mistake, and maybe we have to think about letting Urban Meyer go. Like, do you see any foreseen circumstances, once again, where Urban doesn't get in trouble off the field, but I'm saying where the -the on-the-field product is going to force Shad Khan to come in and say, all right, this wasn't the right idea, we have to go in a different direction.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think he could do that. It, depending on how deep he wants to dig inside the building, people talking, all those kind of things, if he wanted to do that in the middle of a season, Austin, I think he could find reason to say, okay, this is not working. I think uh, I think the walls would talk in there right now, to be honest with you. Uh, so I think he could. What I go off is this trend of not doing that. He, does, he has been on record to say he does not like to make moves in the middle of the season. Heck, he has been patient. <laughs> this would be some five, six, seven, however many games into a guy's career here in Jacksonville. And would you be able to get from the dollars do come up here? The investment comes up. So how often how much do you have to see it through before you just pull a plug on on all the dollars that are invested? I think that does factor in whether you want to believe it or not. So, um, yeah, I think I think uh, I don't think even shotgun thought they'd be unbelievable this year. So the win a loss record might not matter as much as. How much do you want to dig inside the building and have coaches saying, all right, this guy, this ain't going to work. Or players say this isn't going to work. Or people that have been in NFL buildings say, hey, this isn't working. Even before this week, this isn't working. You might be able to – listen, I've always said it. Buildings talk, walls talk, people talk. Uh, if you want to dig that stuff up, you can. If you, It just depends if you believe it or not and and if you want to ride through it. So And that happens. Well, I, I told you this this week. I think there's a toxicity in every building in the NFL. So – um, but right now, there, it might be more than most here in Jacksonville.
2: <laughs> I mean, I would say it's, it's by far, you know, more than most. I mean, if you're Shad Khan, do you do that, though? Do you, do you get a litmus test right now of where this team is at? Because let's be honest here. He essentially handed Urban Meyer a blank check and said, if you want to change the facilities around, change the facility around. Because, like, that was the Urban Meyer goal. Like, he came in here and said, we got to change this all around. We have to give him the best of the best of the best. Yeah. And that costs money. Now, you know, I mean, obviously that's going to take time to build and it's going to take time to facilitate. They're, they're, they're nowhere even close to having the best of the best in a lot of areas yet, but they're getting there. But once again, if, if you're Shad Khan and you brought in a guy and said, all right, whatever you need to do, do it, and then you're a businessman and you see, well, is it, has it been getting done the first four weeks? Will it be getting done the first ten weeks or even the first season? I wonder... If there is a point where Shad Khan has to go, okay, I got to see what's going on. Because let's be honest, he's, he's not being hands-on with the situation, which and maybe he shouldn't because, you know, he's not necessarily the biggest football guy. He's a businessman first, a football guy second. So, like, he's entrusted Urban Meyer. He's entrusted the people around him to run the football operations. I absolutely get that. But at what point do you go, okay, I got to at least peel behind the curtain here and see what is going on with... The guys that I put in charge, the guys that I'm paying all this money to, because that's what a businessman can do sometimes as well.
0: Yeah, I th- listen. I think it, I told you earlier this week. I think Shad Khan should have a conversation with some of the captains, and especially Trevor Lawrence, but hide it behind all the captains. I really care what Trevor Lawrence thinks um, overall, and just get a temperature. Now, whether that happens with all the stuff going on, that might not be realistic. But if they get lambasted on Sunday and lose another game, it might happen Monday morning if I'm Shot Khan. Or Tuesday. Uh, now, there's another time for this in two weeks when they hit the bye week. Do you come in here and you, you talk to some of these leaders, get a temperature for it, and see all the things that you just said? I think absolutely. I think Shad Khan in the next few weeks, if he has not talked to the, the leaders on this football team in some capacity, and especially Trevor Lawrence, I think... I think he's making a mistake. I think he needs to find out. Maybe that's even win or lose. How did this thing go over? Learn from it a little bit. I, I don't think he's stepping on anybody toes, anybody's toes doing that.
2: See, and I get, like, we, we understand Trevor Lawrence is, is the biggest deal on the team, and I get all that, but, like, wouldn't Miles Jack just be as... Crucial, if not more crucial, because Miles Jack's a guy who's been here th- through Gruss bad- Bradley. He's been here through Doug Marone. Yeah. He's seen bad. He's seen real bad. And wouldn't you want to get his input as well, saying, okay, where are we at right now as a team? What's the locker room like? And how does the situation compare to the, the prior years that you've been in Jacksonville, Miles? Yeah,
0: yeah, I think if you look at the pros, pros, Marvin Jones, Brandon Linder, Miles Jack would fit with his longevity here. But I, I think all, I would say the leadership. But again, I'm really trying to, I am trying to cultivate and nurture number 16 as much as possible if I'm shotcon, so he's got to be included. I just teased something about, I don't think, I think Urban Meyer needs Trevor Lawrence more than anybody right now. I'll talk about it and why I said that on the other side uh, with a little historical reference. That's coming up live from String Sports Brewery here on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back to String Sports Brewery. Brett Oh Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz here on a Thursday. We've got Thursday Night Football. Good one tonight, by the way, huh? About that. Can't I like it. To uh, pick it. What a treat. I think I said, I think I said uh, my MVP this year. I'm pretty sure I said Russell Wilson. He's off to a heck of a start. He is a fast starter the last couple of years, isn't he? He is,
2: yeah. And then all of a sudden the team chooses to run the ball more towards the end of the season, and his numbers go out the window in classic <laughs> Russell Wilson fashion.
0: Yeah, and some of that was with Daryl Bevel, so.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> well I mean, uh, am I wrong? Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, it can he carry it through? Are they good enough? You know, what does he had? Well, Sixteen touchdowns and no interceptions. I mean, yeah, that's unbelievable. Insane.
2: But to be fair, though, Brent, I think to to give Daryl Beville a little credit, I think that was more of a Pete Carroll call because Pete Carroll was tired of seeing yes. his defense getting gassed. We wanted to slow the game down. I agree. He wanted to run the football more, so I don't think Daryl Bell really had a choice, regardless.
0: Uh, here's the thing. We don't think Seattle's that good, but Russell Wilson is so good. And if you want to watch a maturation of a quarterback, to me, Russell Wilson is a great example. Listen, Patrick Mahomes good right away, and he's going to keep getting better. Uh, Josh Allen, that's cool. Like what He started off not so good, and look where he is. Mm-hmm. But you want to watch a way to allow a quarterback to find himself in the NFL. What Seattle did to me is the standard, the blueprint. They They had the – run the football play defense for a first couple of years and by the way new england and brady were a little bit like this too i always mention him in this respect but russell wilson for the first few years didn't have to do that much he had to make plays when it was time to make plays but it wasn't all on him as my point point. and then as you see it go along now he can do it all himself when he needs to. He can go win you football games. And now I think the next level of this is hardly mistakes. The guy doesn't make many mistakes. And that falls into the Brady kind of Manning category later in their career. Maybe even Aaron Rodgers, if you look at touchdowns versus interceptions. Like, I think there are just levels of your quarterbacking career when you're really good. And I think Russell Wilson is just an awesome example of a guy who we have watched grow. If you really look closely at what has gone on there, we have watched him start as a eh, kind of a game manager, somewhat playmaker, to now be one of the absolute best who probably doesn't get talked about enough.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say Dak Prescott falls in that category as well. That's a good call. Yeah, I mean, the I, problem
0: I, with him is he just hasn't one big yet, you know? No, I mean,
2: no, for sure, for sure. But I think in terms of, you know, you have a six-round guy. You say 6 round or fifth round? Fifth uh, round? Who? Uh, fourth round for Oh, Dan. I was way off. Okay, fourth-round guy come in, um, start unexpectedly, and obviously they kind of ease him into a little bit. And if, if you look at his stats year by year, um, his attempts have gone, you know, drastically up uh, season by season. Obviously, last year he gets hurt, so you can't really count that one. But, yeah, I just think that when you have uh, a good offensive line, when you have a running game, and when you have a defense that can complement your offensive line, it sets your quarterback up for success.
0: Yeah, it does. Uh, all right, listen, I want to get to this real quick. Um, the, I, I asked a, real, in a couple minutes ago on social media and just never got to it last segment because we were talking more Urban Meyer. And, but I said Urban Meyer needs Trevor Lawrence more than ever. And so I was talking at St. John's County Sports Club today, and I brought this up because I was thinking of it this morning. Think about Urban Meyer's career, Austin had Alex Smith at Utah, very good quarterback. Obviously had really good quarterbacks, and several of them won national title at Ohio State. Uh, you need good quarterbacks if you're going to win big, and he did. Well, now you go back to the Florida days, and look at the Florida's the best example because of the mud that they're in right now of, of some of the stuff that went on there. But who was able to cover, not cover it up, I don't want you to misinterpret me, but kind of perception-wise at least hide some of that, right? Like say, okay, yeah, that's going on, but... Well, that was Tim Tebow. Tebow there at Florida, I always thought would make the greatest 30 for 30 of all that stuff going on in the locker room with some of those players from Aaron Hernandez to Percy Harvin fighting coaches to whoever else. And then you had Tebow kind of holding it all together. Well, it got me thinking that here's Trevor Lawrence. Mm. And Trevor Lawrence is, well, I'm not going to say here are an equate him to Tebow, but you kind of get the idea that this is like an all-world guy. He's a mature guy. He's all about team. He wants to win. He'll he'll, all these things that now when Trevor talks like yesterday, it feels like, okay, it makes you feel better, right? That's Trevor. Look at the growth. Well, I think this week especially and through the rest of the year, nobody needs Trevor Lawrence now more than, than Urban Meyer. He needed him anyway, but now he really needs him. And he might survive all of this stuff and have Trevor Lawrence to thank after the fact. You get what I'm saying?
2: I get what you're saying, but to me, Urban Meyer needs the guys that are going to help purvey his message of of believing him again. Not to say Trevor Lawrence isn't one of those guys, but he's still rookie in the NFL. And this is still a guy who's trying to figure it all out right now at the quarterback position. So when you are a rookie, you know, in terms of respect, I'm like, yeah, every guy in the locker room respects Trevor Lawrence. And yeah, maybe Trevor Lawrence has earned his stripes. But I don't think Trevor Lawrence is to the point right now where he knows how to purvey what Urban Meyer is trying to do. We've we've seen that in the press conferences and just saying, like, yeah, he has Urban Meyer's back. But is Trevor Lawrence trying to tell everybody, hey, we got to believe in Urban Meyer? Well, no, because it's your first year in the NFL. What do you know from that standpoint? So I agree with you. Urban Meyer needs Trevor. But Urban Meyer also needs Marvin Jones. He needs Miles Jack. He needs the veterans that are also the captains to go, all right, guys, we've seen some of the stuff before. I've been in locker rooms where it kind of fell apart. We got to stay together here. Here's what he's looking for. We got to be on the same page. I'm just not sure if Trevor Lawrence is in his career right now to be able to do that part of getting the team to rally behind the head coach.
0: That's a good thought, too, and that's kind of more internally in the building. I guess what I was kind of saying from a perception standpoint, you've got this good uh, All-American kid, wholesome guy, kind of like Tebow was presented, you know, back then. Um, with Urban to kind of say, okay, you got this, but you got this. Mm-hmm. And if he can have success, and we're talking about Trevor on Monday instead of Urban, oh, that goes a long way to, to kind of salvage this thing for Urban Meyer potentially. We'll be back. String Sports Brewery, more NFL talk, more Jags talk, all on the way at Action Sports Acts on ESPN 6.9. <laughs>